It's a great day for hockey here in Urbandale, Iowa. My name's Eric Zamora. With me is Justin Osgin, and we are set for our first matchup here on Beer League Radio today from Buccaneer Arena. It's the Ice Dragons and the Bandits. Justin, first of all, welcome to you. I understand this is the first time you are joining a Beer League Radio uh, broadcast, at least on the color side. Is that correct? That is correct. All right, we're going to have a ton of fun today and also new to the CIDL, the Bandits uniforms. The Bandits will be skating in brand new uniforms that have brand new numerals. Fortunately for us, uh, Tyler Shelton was on top of it and went ahead and reached out to uh, Captain Tommy Hoffman ahead of time and want to thank him uh, for the opportunity to broadcast. also want to thank him for doing that. That might sound like something minor, but over my decade-plus of calling uh, various sporting events, I can't tell you how much of an asset it is to be able to look down a roster numerically instead of having to hunt and peck for that number um, that uh, you're looking for. So thanks again to Tyler Shelton. The Bandits in their brand new red uniforms with white numerals, a little bit of black trim, and they will be uh, skating, it looks like, uh, they're starting to switch things over on the benches. It looks like they're going to be going from right to left here in this first period. And then, as has been the case all season, the Ice Dragons in their navy blue uniforms, white numerals, and a little bit of royal blue going from left to right. And Justin, in our uh, preparation for this game, uh, was there anything that kind of jumped out at you as far as uh, interesting notes? I know that uh, these are two teams that um, are kind of middle of the pack right now and trying to build a, a good case and, and get some momentum going into the 2020 portion of this season. Yeah, Ice Dragons have a lot of speed. They have a lot of talent on that team. They get their passing going early in this game. Bandits are going to have a hard time keeping up with that. Bandits, I think, key for them is to stay out of the penalty box today. And it's funny that you mentioned both of those things. So in talking to um, the captains prior to the game, uh, Tommy Hoffman, the captain of the Bandits, one of the things that he pointed out was he said, you know, there's some teams um, in this league that we feel like we can really outskate. The Ice Dragons aren't one of them. He knows that that is an advantage that the Ice Dragons have over most, if not all, of the other teams in their division. And so they know that that's an area that they've really got to look out for. On the other side, Tyler Shelton pointed out that one of the things that he is very happy and very fortunate about is the fact that his team is one of the least penalized teams in CIDL, and so that's an area where they feel like they've got an advantage most times they step onto the ice is when there are special teams um, moments that they're going to spend more of it on the power play than the penalty kill, and that has been an area that has, I don't want to say hurt the Bandits because in a league where you don't have time to practice special teams, Power plays don't always disrupt um, teams in the sense that they're giving up a lot of uh, goals while shorthanded, but sometimes it can really wear on the ebb and flow of a game. It's hard to get a good rotation going when every time you look up, somebody else is headed to the box. And so we'll see, um, again, not just on the score sheet, but maybe just in flow of the game and style if that ends up being a factor today. Um, 
was able to um, take a look at the uh, stats coming in, and we have got a ton of players that are going to be hitting the ice today that are representing some of the top scorers in the novice division, including uh, James Helvey and Pat Scholler of the Bandits. Helvey is sitting alone in the league with 11 points. That's good for third, and Scholler is tied with the Vicious Squirrels' Adam Smith for fourth. Um, Natalia Dudachenko and Tyler Shelton for the Dragons are sixth and seventh in the league right now with nine and eight points respectfully. And then Nicholas Reynolds also checks in as well as Joseph Klecker, both of them with six points um, in eight games for Reynolds, seven games for Klecker, and that is good for tied for 10th in the league. So this is a game that... On the one hand, you can look at all those numbers and say, boy, there's some people that have put up a lot of points already in the year. But I think that what this game may end up coming down to is the two netminders, McClure on our left and Stouffer on our right. I know that the numbers early on um, weren't working in Scott Stouffer's favor, but I feel like he's really played well as of late. I think part of that is the fact that he played in the division above last year. And believe it or not, moving down a level can sometimes be difficult in the sense that a goaltender, sometimes at the novice level, doesn't know where those shots are going to be coming from. I think he's adjusted very well. Opening faceoff is controlled by the Bandits. They'll bring it into the offensive zone, looking for a centering pass. Thrown out front, nobody there, and then is fired, and Etnire will clear that away. And just seconds into our opening period, we had a Scoring opportunity, they don't end up getting a shot on goal off of it, but a great start for the Bandits as they now look to defend. This is flipped towards the net, but won't quite get there, and the Bandits looking to drag it out of the zone, not able to get out as it is held in by the Ice Dragons. They'll ring it around the roulette wheel, and finally it will be chipped up, not out. It stalls at the left circle fed to the point and swept back in. That is Dudachenko, I believe, and a little bit difficult to see her numeral as she's one of those players who tucks the jersey into the breezers. Nice save, moving over from left to right, tested early with Stouffer. I'm not quite sure if that was on target or not, but the most important thing was he cleared it away and made sure there was no rebound. Back the other way, McClure with a big save. We talked about how these goaltenders would be a huge factor in the game early on. They both look to be sharp. Yeah, Ice Dragons had some good pressure down there in the banded zone. Good save, good save by Stouffer, and then they came back with numbers real quick on the Ice Dragons. So for the two teams, we'll take a look at who's not on the ice today. For the Bandits, they're out John Barnhill, Morgan Deal, and Adam Swangle. I spoke with um, captain of the Ice Dragons, Tyler Shelton, last night. So some of these may be out, but it sounded like Rich Harms was going to be missing for the Ice Dragons uh, due to being ill. Um, also sounded like Nicholas Rogers and Paul Smith were not going to be here. Um, Nathan Christensen was a maybe doing to be on call, but did get confirmation late that he would be on. And this is fired in as it looked like all the Ice Dragons were trying to do there was just dump the puck as they needed to touch up for a delayed offside. And that one ended up on target. 
Now, if they hadn't touched up yet, as this one will be sent all the way down, looks like it will go for an icing. But if that had been a play that the officials had deemed offside, it was a shot on net, so they would have stopped it. Stouffer ended up having to come up with a big save because that was shot outside the blue line, and sometimes when you're not expecting that shot, it can really throw you off. Stouffer made a fantastic play to slide to his right. Yeah, great job on the goaltender there by the Bandits, keeping things alive for him. Blocker side draw on Stouffer. That's to his right. This is played back to the point and keeping it in is Michael Dar. Dar has played in five contests, this being his sixth, and has a lone point, a helper on the season. Hoffman controls it there. I love that play as he tries to get it up to Helvey in that sometimes the worst uh, enemy of a player, especially at the D or novice level is just not thinking that you have as much time as you do. There, Hoffman took his time, read the play, and was able to make a fantastic play. And again, we see patience shown as that was Joe Hogan. And Hogan, seeing that he had all the time in the world, made sure to make that pass right on the tape and was able to play it deep as he switched over to the other side, that was Josh Malang. I was looking for a 71. He's actually wearing 21. A little bit difficult to see sometimes on that arm. And flipped up and played back. This now giving chase. And looking to send it around. Now being brought into the offensive zone by... Hogan firing a shot, and boy, I don't know if that was incidentally tipped by his own teammate Ryan Lett or not. Lett, we know, is a goaltender himself, and sometimes you kind of kind of talk that out with your goaltender. Some goaltenders like you going ahead and trying to block shots, and some say get as far away from that puck as possible, and I'm not sure if uh, right there Stouffer was looking for a, uh, a tip there or not. Looked like that might have been called for an icing, but I think it's a good waving off of it as the official determined that, that went in between the legs of one of the ice dragons and could have been played. And this time McClure wastes no time. He gets it all the way out himself and plays it all the way back to Sean Curtis just inside the red line. Curtis dumps back in and now it'll be rattled around the boards as that's Jaegerson. Jagerson, excuse me, sent up to the point and held in by the Bandits. They try a sharp angle shot, and I think McClure just got a skate on that. Not even sure if he was able to get the pad down on it, but he keeps it a scoreless affair. Yeah. Shipping it out and sending it the length of the ice is Tilly. This looks like it will go for an icing with 13 and a half to play in the first period. Yeah, I think Lett definitely caught a piece of that in front of uh, the goaltender down there in the banded zone. That was a close call there. So it looks like the Ice Dragons right now, with just 10 skaters in the contest, I was going to say 11, but the other person wearing the jersey is their coach, Jake Adams. While there are seven currently on the bench, meaning there are 12 skaters for the Bandits, so an an opportunity here for the Bandits to try to take advantage if they can. Here we've got a official talking things over with one of the Bandits. Uh, I believe that's Scholler, and I think what he's saying is the center was 
getting into the crease, kind of giving him an explanation, and that's why we see the draw come outside of the zone. Really, anytime the attacking team is the reason for the whistle, they'll always move it outside of the zone. Chipped at center ice by Shelton. Giving chase is Malang, and first one to it, looking to flip it up, was Wiggins. This will settle down. And taking his time is Rolf, sending up the left wing side. Giving chase is Curtis Fisher. The other end, it's Etnire. Etnire banks a pass over for Malang, then feeds it over. I don't think that was the intended target, but they'll take it. As then again, Shelton with it and feeds it over to Tilly. A little bit of you go, no you go, but it works out for the Ice Dragons. Then Etnire holds the zone, loses the puck. Fortunately for him, all Wiggins is able to do is ice it down the length of the ice. No real turnover, and it'll bring the action back at the north end. Yeah, I think the Bandits were looking for a change there. That was a good play by Wiggins to get that out of the zone and clear it down. Quite honestly, with adult hockey having the rules set they are, there's really never such thing as a bad icing. No. I mean, you're, you're looking for opportunities to get fresh personnel out there, and now we've got a breakaway as Nick Reynolds picks the pocket of Etnire, goes in one on two, fires a shot, steered away by McClure, and I was going to say a breakaway, but he also had Let with him, so it was a two on O oh for a moment. Nice job, though, by Etnire to hustle back and I know that he didn't get back in time to seem like he disrupted that play, but I can tell you Reynolds and to a lesser extent Lett could feel and hear that pressure coming back. They knew they didn't have all the time in the world. This is a turnover and Malang with it. Malang fires a shot kicked out by Stouffer. Fantastic save as I was convinced that he was going glove side and then he tried to sneak it in the short side and Stouffer was there for the save. Hoffman will now bring it up through neutral ice and settle down from the left circle. He had a man wide. That was Jackson Foreman, but he elected to take the shot off the mark. And then a nice job. I believe that was Wubin who was able to get it out of the zone. And I stress so much when I am talking to either uh, teams that I play for or sub for that the little things like Wubin just getting it from the defensive zone to neutral ice, it forces all of the bandits to leave the zone and it buys you so much time. Anytime you're in one zone, if you can advance it just one, you're sitting pretty. Great save on the backhand effort by Reynolds as McClure steers that away and Reynolds does a great job there. Gets a couple of shots, then feeds it back to the point. Unselfish play as he feeds it all the way back, and they get a shot from the right point. That's Christopher McIntyre. It looks like to this point in the contest, McIntyre playing primarily with Tommy Hoffman. And then when they've been relieved, it's been Sean Curtis and Jake Rolfe playing the blue line, at least to this point of the game. We'll see if that continues. Picked up by the Bandits in their own defensive zone and they'll break it all the way out into the offensive zone. Chipping a puck, can't get it through. Track down, tight angle and McClure doing what he needs to do there and honestly what that was is put yourself in position and then don't move. That shot's going to come in and the last thing you want to do is play with it. Just let it bounce off of you. Here's a shot that can't find the target as Tilly winds and fires. Stouffer sliding over to his right. That uh, opportunity by 
Dudachenko wasn't going to be on target, but he wanted to make sure, and I like that sweep at the end, just in case it gets a little bit closer than he was expecting. Brought into the south zone by Jackson Foreman, centering pass, and nobody home but didn't miss by much. And then Jagerson will send it the length of the ice, and Rolf unable to get there in time, icing with 8.22 left to go in a scoreless first period. This is a definite battle of the goalies we have here today. We've seen some incredible saves on both sides. And checking in late for the Ice Dragons and getting a mocking round of applause was Joseph Klecker as the Dragons win the puck and Shelton plays it out into the offensive zone, then gives chase and catches up to it. I thought for sure on that dump and chase there was going to be no chance for Shelton to get to it, but he uses his speed. Now the other way, Bandits coming in the offensive zone is Helvey. Helvey fires it up and over. Nice job by Jagerson to come back and help break that up. And then a great opportunity from McClure's left side in tight. And this is chipped ahead and will be tracked down by Hogan. Hogan. An impossible angle, and same thing we saw by McClure at the other end. We see out of Stouffer, he just stands like a statue and says, there's no way, as long as I hold my position that's getting through, I'll just let it bounce off of me, and that's exactly what it was, is he put the right pad down, and it kissed off of it and cleared to safety. 7.05 left to go in our opening frame. Jagerson with that centering pass to nobody, or at least nobody wearing red, which was obviously the intended target. The Bandits will have to touch up on a delayed offside. Jagerson settles down, and when in doubt, if you're not sure where to go with it, more often than not, if you're looking to break out, switch sides, because when the puck's on one side of the ice, everybody flocks to it, and there, nice job. Centering pass, great toe save by Stouffer. It was fed over beautifully by Tilly on a backhand pass for Shelton, and then Shelton sent that shot far side, and Stouffer, right now, <laughs> he looks a little bit tired as he's been uh, tested often here for the Bandits, and he's been tall to the task. Here's Reynolds at the other end. McClure there left a little bit of an opening on the short side for a moment. I'm not sure if he just wasn't uh, perfectly lined up there, or perhaps he was trying to bait Reynolds into shooting there intentionally, and eventually the Ice Dragons survived the scare and more, bringing it into the offensive zone, and just Offside is Nathan Christensen. That's one of those plays where I think a lot of people aren't 100% familiar with the ruling there. You can bring a puck into the offensive zone backwards as long as you're fully in control of it. But there, number three, lost the handle for just a moment, and the official was right there to point it out and whistle the play dead. Sent back to Etnayer. Etnayer wastes no time playing that forward. No icing here as it caromed off of one of his, well, I believe one of his teammates. But actually, if it hits off of anybody, that will negate the icing infraction. Hoffman on the backhand centering pass and good idea, but misses Fisher. And it springs Christensen and the Ice Dragons. But Hoffman makes up for it more as he not only gets the puck ahead to Scholler, but then joins him in the rush, and a nice low shot there from that area. You want to test the netminder, and if you put it low, there's almost no chance he's going to be able to gobble up the puck, and it's going to leave some sort of rebound, but McClure did a fantastic job of kicking that out. 
Now Stouffer will come out of the net to play it and bank a pass ahead for Fisher. Fisher stymied by Klecker, but will stay with it. And Kleckler on the forecheck. Wubin there as well, and Wubin centering pass over for Kleckler from the right circle. That leaves a rebound, and Wubin had her eyes wide there, but McIntyre sweeps it away in time. Etnier will dump it back in, and Dudachenko looked like a dog on a leash, and as soon as they touched up, she was off to the races on the forecheck. Now played ahead, and moving that up was Taylor. Now it'll be sent down the length of the ice, and with four minutes left to go in the first period, we will have an icing bringing it back into the Bandits' defensive end. Both, <clears throat> both teams had some great looks, some great chances here, and this is definitely going to be one of those battles of the goalie for the rest of the, this game. I will be honest, I have not seen this season all of the netminders for both divisions, and I've taken a look at the numbers you could make an argument that this might be the matchup of the two premier goaltenders uh, in the novice division. Again, Stouffer struggling a little bit early in the season, but he has really come on as of late. My numbers, as we have an offside called here, uh, my numbers uh, have him with just one shutout, but I was talking to Tommy Hoffman. He said he's actually had two already on the season, and uh, that's no surprise as uh, Stouffer is one of those players where he... That's the best way to put this. He's, he's not a flashy goaltender. He's not one of those that's going to make those highlight real saves. He's just consistent. He just goes to work. And this is thrown into the feet in between the pillows of McClure. And he comes up with a save. And let's contrast styles here for a moment. I think it's almost the opposite as Stouffer's one of those guys that is just rock, steady, and consistent. McClure, and it's no surprise, he's new to the position, will come up with some of those really flashy saves, but he's got those growing pains going with him as he's learning the position. So he'll make a couple of saves where you just go, wow, how did he come up with that? And then every once in a while, he'll have one where you're, you just don't expect uh, him to give that up. But again, I believe this is his first real season uh, playing in between the pipes, uh, and he's impressed so far. This is chipped up. They'll use an 8-iron to feed that ahead as a backhand pass by Hogan. And I'm not sure if he was trying to get that over to Shelton Malang or both as he just saw that he had two players right on the blue line. Nice job there by Shelton to step up and pressure that. If Stouffer doesn't cover there, he can avoid a face-off in his own zone, but because the closest body to him was the opposing center. He has to take a draw here with 100 seconds left to go in the period. Shelton working on the other number 17. That's Reynolds, and Reynolds wins the faceoff. It's played around, but not out. Malang keeps it at the half wall. Fed into the slot. Great feed off the post. Fantastic job. Little backhand pass over to Shelton, and Shelton wasted no time. And then as it sent into the offensive zone, Malang touches up. He didn't hear the offside being called by the officials. And with a minute 10 to go in our first period, couldn't ask for too much more out of this one. Maybe if you're one of those people who just loves goals, all right, a nothing-nothing game might not be that exciting. But we've had good scoring opportunities. This hasn't been a dull game where, you know, the two teams have been playing like a 1-3-1 against each other and nobody's getting offensive opportunities. Jagerson 
with a collision in the southwest corner and takes the worst of it, but no call from the officials. And I certainly don't think anybody was uh, trying to do anything there. Wouldn't have been surprised if it was called just because sometimes the officials will call things a little bit tighter just to make sure that things don't advance any worse. Dudachenko tries to get around Rolf unsuccessfully. This is played down and softly. So as Dar gets to it for the Ice Dragons, no icing. And this is chopped at, and it will be a puck played with a high stick, and that will probably end our first period. And I'm not sure. From here, it looked like it was below the crossbar, but the official's in a better position than I. And then that's that odd situation where if you're going after that puck, you know as soon as you touch it, that's going to end it. Um, but you don't necessarily want to let it go and let them try to have one last uh, Hail Mary pass. So after our first period is in the books, no score. We will take a quick uh, time out to listen for or to uh, hear some messages for our sponsors. And we'll be back after one nothing nothing between the Bandits and Ice Dragons on Beer League Radio. Beer League Radio is brought to you by The Keg Stand, located at 3530 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines. With over 90 beers on tap and new tappings every single week, they have special events and parties throughout the year, a full menu of some of the best food in town with food specials all day, Monday through Friday. They are open until 2 a.m. seven days a week and is one of our absolute favorite places to hang out with friends and catch any number of any big games on over 15 big screen TVs. The Cake Stand is the official sponsor of the CIDL and Beer League Radio. Head up to the Cake Stand. Tell them we sent you. Beer League Radio is brought to you by AVS, anything audio, video, security, one of the nation's largest direct TV dealers and AT&T wireless dealers. They offer full CenturyLink internet for any residential or commercial space. Our company, MyVIP Move, offers home security, Mediacom internet, and TV as well. Custom home theater applications are available. Call Nate McCombs at 515-868-6119. Second period action just about to get underway. And I don't want to pat myself on the back too hard, but when we talked about this game going into it, we talked about how the teams both have some high-scoring talent, but it would end up being the goaltenders that would make the biggest impact. Well, through the first 19 minutes, that has certainly been the case as McClure and Stouffer have both been tested early and often and have yet to be victimized on the score sheet. Yeah, Stouffer is standing strong, looking really good in there, and McClure, he's got a little bit of a looser style, but he's keeping everything out of the net. Well, switch ends the Bandits in their new red jerseys, white numerals, black trim, going from left to right on your radio dial or computer screen. This is a centering pass, nobody home, then firing a shot, Hoffman. Hoffman wasting no time, and I love that. Through traffic, one, you could end up uh, picking up a goal because McClure can't find it cleanly. The other thing is when Hoffman lets that one go, he's hoping that he doesn't get a goal. He's hoping that it bounces off of somebody and he ends up picking up the primary assist as if that had bounced off of a teammate in any fashion, really even off of a skate, they're not going to call a kicking motion there as everybody had planted their feet. So he just wants that puck to pinball around and hope 
that it takes a fortuitous bounce for the Bandits, and unfortunately for them, it did not, and we will have a face-off coming to the glove side of McClure. Looks like the Ice Dragons at the last moment trying to get a change in not necessarily personnel, but the setup. This will settle down, and I believe this is Taylor bringing up the right wing side. He's got the green light as he's in with Kleckler. He slams on the brakes, and then it is punched out of the zone, and Etnire will give chase. He's backed up by Shelton. Shelton, a forward here, but he waits until Taylor gets back. Fantastic job of playing both ends of the ice. This is sent all the way down and nobody on the receiving end. So we will have a whistle for icing. Just about a minute, 15 seconds expired here in our second stanza. Bandits were putting some good pressure on there down in the ice dragon zone and they had left Helvey wide open in the slot. Took a good centering pass and McClure had to make a good save. I sometimes have to remind myself as McClure makes a save, not much of one, right off the faceoff, weakly thrown towards him. And then that one had a ton of torque on it coming from the left point by Rolf. However, off the mark, I have to remind myself just how much the play and knowledge of adult hockey has blossomed in Des Moines just in the last five years. Four or five years ago, you're talking about all of these players having to play at the same level as the higher D-end or D-level players. And here you're seeing a level of hockey that is welcoming to new players. We've got people on both of these teams that are playing in their first season. For some of them, it's, you know, the seventh, eighth, tenth time they've ever played hockey. Yet the, 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 the play doesn't look like the novice league looked a few years ago. It doesn't look like the novice wall league uh, looked when it first developed. You're, you're seeing um, a, a brand of play that allows people who are either new to the game or are getting up there in, in years and slowing down, but they're also able to pick up with some of the budding adult stars of the Des Moines area. This is sent around the bend and held in stripped away from Dar as soon as I said that. And then Jagerson with a nice play in the backhand. It won't end up going down as a sexy play, but once a bandit's got that out to neutral ice, that was a dangerous puck if it sat there for too long and he was able to play it back into the offensive zone. Again, if nothing else, even if you lose the puck in the process, just getting and advancing a zone every time is so critical. I um, talked to in between periods uh, last week while filling in for the voodoo going into the third period with a 2-1 lead I said the, the key here is just when we're in our defensive zone get it out to neutral ice when you're at neutral ice get it to the red line and once you get it to the red line just dump it deep and make that team go the full length of the ice and a Officially, we've got the Bandits out shooting the Ice Dragons in that first period, 10 to eight. And uh, I was going to say that I was impressed with both of the netminders. Here's Lett coming in, brings it back over to his forehand. Now backhand shot, and McClure knocks it down to himself then covers up with the glove. I was going to say that I felt that uh, 
that the play was pretty even there in that first period while the Ice Dragons only credited with eight shots in the first. I thought that Stouffer um, may have faced fewer shots, but I felt like the quality chances there were a little bit better than what McClure had to make saves on in the first. Stymied as he tries to play it around the boards with Sean Curtis. Curtis gets tangled up there as it was Hogan now played ahead, and here's Lett once again. Lett has Jagerson to get around. Jagerson does a great job there of just poking it and waiting for the cavalry to arrive and then sweeping it away. Two fantastic back-to-back -back plays by Mark Jagerson. First, he slows down Lett and buys enough time for Dar to come back and break up the play, and then McClure diving over to his left makes the stop but was incredibly vulnerable. The whole half of the net was open and it was cleared away. Stouffer leaves a rebound, then comes back and makes an unbelievable save. I can imagine the four-letter words that Josh Malang is saying right now. You could see immediately his head tilted up to the rafters as he can't believe that Stouffer got back into position in time. And that's one of those where the first play, the first save was made with good positioning and good fundamentals. On that rebound, fundamentals go out the window. You're just diving to get anything out in front of it, and Stouffer was able to do just that. Jonathan Quick made a fantastic save last night uh, in uh, overtime against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Not the exact uh, same save, but the exact same idea of just desperation diving over to the right. And uh, I know that in Quick's case, it was made with a blocker. I couldn't tell there if it was, I believe it was the stick, but it might have been the backside of the blocker either way. And whoa, friendly fire. Jagerson trying to clear that away from his opponent. And I don't think that was on target, but it was darn close. It was thrown into the crease and towards the net here. Etnire uses a physics lessons to bank that off of the uh, Demos um, banner on the side and gets it up to the blue line. The Ice Dragons get a change but have to be careful as they don't want to get too many men on the ice. That one bounces into their bench and it will stop play with 11.40 left to go in the second. Jagerson all over the ice there. Looked like he got pinned out there for a little longer than he wanted to but made some great defensive moves there and then maybe not so great defensive moves throwing it back at his own goalie Shelton on the faceoff it's won by the Ice Dragons and we've all been there had some play where you just go man what did I just do but the the, the right idea was there saw earlier in this season as this is chopped out by the stick of McClure fantastic job to break up that pass before it got through and then covering up with a glove and the officials will bring the faceoff to his blocker side. Um, going back to that play moments ago where Jagerson put it on his own net, saw earlier this season the two-time defending NCAA champion uh, Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs scored a goal on their own goaltender against University of Nebraska Omaha. So you're talking about elite Division I players who've made mistakes like that, but it's always frustrating when you uh, have a play and afterwards you go, boy, I got to make sure that I never do that again. This will carry him off a couple of bodies and finally settle down for Chris McIntyre. McIntyre will try to ring it around the boards. Broken up by Reynolds momentarily. Again, those two number 17s doing battle. He and Shelton. 
Nice job swallowing up that shot off the shaft of the stick by Foreman. Tracking it down in the left side and wasting no time. Christensen gets a quick shot on. It's backhanded towards the net and thrown out. This one will carry him right off the boards in front of the Ice Dragons bench. Firing a shot, snapping it low was James Helvey and a blocker stop by McClure. However, it looks like we're going to have a penalty on the Ice Dragons as it is touched up or no, we're going the other way. No, I, I thought that it was last touched by Etnire when they blew the whistle, but maybe it was after Etnire played it, he played it to the point and there it was touched by a bandit. I think Helvey thought he got hooked on the way in. He might have said a few words to the ref. That looks like it might be the case. Haven't seen the official signal as it is both Shelton and Hoffman getting the explanation, and it is indeed for the words he said after. Also interesting to see here for a moment, Mark Jagerson came out, and it looked like he was wearing a short sleeve jersey, just had his, his sleeves rolled all the way up, then pulled him back down. Unless they're the same uh, color as his skin tone, I don't know that he's wearing elbow pads. Just looked like he was out there like, all right, I'm going to get a little workout in here, firing a shot off the mark. And excuse me, that wasn't Jagerson. It is Hogan. Yeah, I see what you're looking at right there. He's got his left sleeve pulled up. I don't think he does have elbow pads. And a moment ago, he had both of them. This is tracked down by McClure. McClure with the right idea there, luring the bandit into thinking he was playing it uh, the way he was coming and then just going behind the cage and resetting. Now with it is Hogan. Hogan gains the red line. Then they'll dump it in. Hogan a little bit premature into the zone, but waits. Wubin. With it for a moment, it's swept away over to Dar. Dar, pass to open space, and Hogan skates into that opening. Thrown towards the net, Stouffer with the stop, and they're able to get a clearance as Michael Dar, one hand outstretched with the stick, trying to keep it in the zone desperately, unable to, and that will chew up some valuable clock here. It does allow the Ice Dragons, however, to get a personnel change here on the man advantage. 28 seconds left to go on the power play. Dar in the wrong zone as the Ice Dragons see it as they're trying to take advantage here on the man advantage. Malang steps around his man, stays on it, strong on the puck. Waits, backhand pass over a little bit behind. He had Christensen coming in and fed it to where Christensen was, not where he was going. Thrown towards the net, tipped, and I think that was the Bandits that sent it off target. Now Helvey out of the box, and he will immediately join the play. He'll chase it down, and it's turned over. Helvey with it, straight out of the box, and a nice kick save by McClure. Collision, and Helvey goes down in the corner, pops back up. Reynolds unable to keep that in the zone, and now Malang and the Ice Dragons the other way. Malang. Little bit behind as his line mate had already gone in. And Helvey looks like as he got that collision just coming out of the box, I think he's saying the same thing that he was before is why am I not getting these calls? And I don't necessarily agree the first time that he had much of a case. 
he might have there. A little bit difficult for us to see as he was going into one of those corners that's difficult from our vantage point here on the east side of the building. But, uh, again, he might have had a case. But sometimes when you start complaining about things, eh, the officials don't always see it your way. Yeah, I think there was a stick tangled up in his skates down in the corner there because he went down awkward. McClure will feed that over. And Taylor will take his time, pressured by Reynolds. Sends it right up the gut, but had a lot on it, so there was no chance of that being turned over in the zone. Dedichenko was the intended target. Now Taylor with it. Taylor loses the handle for a moment, but gets back to it. And immediately meeting up with him was Hoffman. Steering one wide was Tilly. Tilly feeds it. Dudachenko. Fires it over, it's a rebound. Taylor tries to pop it in from a tough angle and then on the backhand, unable to get it to go was Tilly. And once again, Stouffer comes up huge. I mean, there have been a number of times that the Bandits could have been scored on, but we've seen two where they should have been scored on and somehow Stouffer has been able to keep them out. That puck was bouncing in the crease with Stouffer way off to the right side. I don't know how that one stayed out of the net. And then a couple of whacks at it, and not just Stouffer, but all of his skaters back helping out, and they get that clearance. This will settle down for Christopher McIntyre. McIntyre feeds it up the left wing side, banks a pass, and misses some bodies. Bouncing around there. Taylor unleashes a howlitzer from atop the circle, but all he can find is the boards as it's off the mark. Shelton steps up, and he'll win that behind the net. Stouffer sent out front. Snapping a shot is Taylor as again, even though that's a missed shot, I think that it was rushed a little bit because Stouffer was getting in position so quickly Taylor had no choice but to uh, release that one just as soon as he'd caught it. In the other end, Reynolds dancing with it. Stays with it as he calls off McIntyre. Then feeds the other point. It's Hoffman throwing it down the middle. I believe that was Giving a swing at it was Wiggins. Now on it is Kleckler, and this will be well offside. Nothing that Christensen could do as he had lost his footing and was already into the offensive zone. So we've got an offsides call here with three and a half left to play in our second period. Just lost an edge right at the blue line there. It looked like he was going to hold up and... Maybe that ice is a little soft today, so we'll have to watch out for that later. At the red line, and they take a couple swipes at it. Can't get it past the skate of one of the bandits defending the zone. I believe that was Foreman who was able to keep it out momentarily. Now Hoffman will collect. Long pass ahead, broken up momentarily by Dar, but the Bandits do get in the offensive zone. Shelton taking care of his defensive assignments and will feed it ahead. In is Hogan. Hogan. And a nice job defending there by Rolf. Or excuse me, that's Hoffman. Ahead for Lett. Lett. Wanted to hit Scholler there, and Scholler was stopped at the blue line. Not much else that he could have done if he'd 
I guess maybe skated a little bit sideways to try to pick up some speed, but let put a pass that was out of his reach. This will skip over the stick of Let, but he is backed up by Curtis, and he'll play it in deep. Jagerson behind his own cage with two minutes remaining here in the second period. Jagerson brings it over to the left side. Away from the play, Tilly goes down, but pops up, seems to be okay. Jagerson leading the charge, and then put a ton on that shot. I was not expecting that one to have as much force and velocity as it did, and fortunately for Stouffer, he wasn't tested by it as it was whistled wide, but Jagerson with uh, a little bit of a, a changeup and then a fastball and just off the left side of the plate. Malang fighting and has it stolen away by Curtis. Curtis will flip it deep and then gives Chase himself. McClure plays it up and away from the stick of the four checker. And then inadvertent nonetheless, we do have a tripping penalty that will come up. Finally touched by Jagerson. And double zero will head to the box and spend, he hopes, the remainder of the second period in the penalty box. Obviously, if he comes out early, it means the Bandits have struck on the power play. We were talking about this before the game, and I was just saying, what a nice, cushy setup we have now, and I don't mean to complain too much, but when I worked for the Des Moines Buccaneers, all the way down in the corner, a, a horrible uh, vantage point, not nearly as warm as it is here now in the uh, Collins Community Credit Union booth, and uh, we appreciate the uh, Des Moines Buccaneers for allowing us this great vantage point to broadcast from the Ice Dragons. Interesting play there, but it works out for them. At the red line, they bank a pass back into their own end on the penalty kill, now going in shorthanded. And they set the table, Malang gets a piece of it, and I like what Malang does there. Offensively, if you're really trying to push the envelope, you probably peel back and try to feed uh, Dedichenko. But on the penalty kill, you always want that puck moving forward. And here, Taylor will just hold on to it, steer it into the corner, and the horn will sound. However, we do have a minute and 17 seconds left on the penalty to Jagerson. So the Bandits, with a power play opportunity when we come back in the third period to try to get the first game of this morning's contest. The Bandits, nothing. The Ice Dragons, nothing. Third period action when we return on Beer League Radio. Beer League Radio is brought to you by The Cake Stand, located at 3530 Westtown Parkway in West Des Moines. With over 90 beers on tap and new tappings every single week, they have special events and parties throughout the year, a full menu of some of the best food in town with food specials all day, Monday through Friday. They are open until 2 a.m. seven days a week and is one of our absolute favorite places to hang out with friends and catch any number of any big games on over 15 big screen TVs. The Cake Stand is the official sponsor of the CIDL and Beer League Radio. Head up to the Cake Stand. Tell them we sent you. Beer League Radio is brought to you by AVS, anything audio, video, security. One of the nation's largest direct TV dealers and AT&T wireless dealers. They offer full CenturyLink internet for any residential or commercial space. Our company, MyVIPMove, offers home security, Mediacom internet, and TV as well. Custom home theater applications are available. Call Nate McCombs at 515-868-6119. We've been treated to two great periods thus far, and uh, we are looking at 
a decisive third period and a big penalty kill coming up for the Ice Dragons as uh, the Bandits have been a team that has gotten into some uh, some penalty issues throughout the season. Outside of the one time Helvey went to the box, they've kept it clean. And one of the reasons that they've been able to stay in this one is the fact that they haven't been shorthanded often. And now with an opportunity on the man advantage to try to go ahead and take the game's first lead. As this third period starts, this battle of the goaltenders will continue. Only one penalty aside for each. Let's see if the Bandits can capitalize on the remaining one minute. 17 seconds on this power play. Jagerson from the box, and he and one of the officials in a joking manner, giving each other a hard time. Also want to thank uh, the scorekeeper and the box attendant. Unfortunately, I don't know who they are by name. Saw Kelly Houston down there earlier uh, in the game before, uh, but want to thank those uh, volunteers uh, for their help. Thrown back towards, and it just went off the inside as McClure wasn't quite set. That took such an odd carom. It was because he was just putting the pads down. It got through his five hole, but then swung wildly to the left. And you could tell by the face of McClure, even with his mask on, that his face turned red as he was like, oh no, did I somehow give that one up? But it takes a fortuitous roll for the Ice Dragons. However, they still have to kill off the next 28 seconds, and Shelton gets it up to the point, not out. Backhanded deep by Hoffman, or I should say backhand to forehand, then plays it deep. Reynolds setting the scene and got it over for Helvey, unable to keep the zone, and Jagerson is 10 seconds away from freedom. Hoffman steps up, and stepping up as well was Kleckler as they clear it. Now Jagerson out of the box. We skate five on five. Shelton looks to get a clearance held in by Reynolds. Nick Reynolds fires the shot through traffic and it skips up into the glove of McClure. To this point, each team has been tested twice on the penalty kill and have risen to the task and have been unsuccessful on the man advantage to try to get the game's first goal. So nice shot by Reynolds there through the screen, but I think McClure had a good look at it, got it right in the glove. Reynolds is one of those players, I say this every year, I played with him four, five seasons ago now on the Reefers, uh, team coached by Tim Young. He and I basically uh, were playing our first games together, and it is night and day um, with how much he has improved over the years. This will be played all the way down by the Ice Dragons and unable to find anybody on the other end and uh, so it will go down for an icing. In addition to that, I don't have any inside information, but just seeing him out there, I believe over the last four or five years of playing hockey, uh, Nick Reynolds has, has lost some weight and gotten in better shape uh, with uh, playing the game as well. This will be fed, oh, a little bit ahead of the play, and that was a nice job there. Sometimes if you can't steal the puck, just delay the puck, and Shelton, had that timed right if there hadn't been any resistance. Malang was right behind him, but catching up to him in speed, and Shelton didn't expect that uh, that was going to be delayed as much. He steps into the offensive zone, and it's whistled dead. A shot on by Scholler, leaves a juicy rebound, and then unable to capitalize. Just missing was Fisher. Curtis Fisher from his knees pops back up the... 
in the exchange. McClure lost his stick, was fed it by a teammate. Now Etnire with some time from the left circle. Like that idea. Switch sides going from left to right. He did end up missing the tape of Hogan, but gave him an opportunity at the play. Bodies colliding, and the officials say inadvertent. I agree. This will be swept down the length of the ice. Taylor backing up, and he'll just poke it free. However, the Ice Dragons, because they had bodies tied up down low in the offensive zone, by the time it was brought up, they were still offside. Here's Fisher. Fisher feeds it over and gets it to Scholler. And again, you don't always have to make a direct pass. Sometimes you can just play it to that soft open ice and wait for your teammate to skate onto it. Or sometimes you can skate onto it yourself. Scholler comes up with a turnover. He's got Fisher cutting towards the net. Now an impossible angle from behind, centering out front. And a nice job there by Shelton to turn a defensive moment into an offensive for a moment but he couldn't get past Rolf, and the Bandits keep it in the offensive zone. Here's Taylor, good communication by he and Etnier, as Etnier was there as well, but back, backs off. Now Taylor, coming ahead, bring it in. He's got Hogan with him. Elects to fire a shot, missing on the short side, Malang. Catches up with it, keeps it in the zone for a moment, and just as I say it, Etnier having to turn around. Let has the green light, and he comes up with it. Let now Dedenko gets back in time to help break up that play, and from a tough angle, Let gets a shot that hits the side of the cage, and McClure covers up with 13 minutes left in this one. Dedenko just getting back in time to, to push Let to the outside just enough to create that angle. Natalia Dedenko or Natty Ice, as I've been uh, told that she goes by. The Ice Dragons come into tonight's contest with, a, or excuse me, this morning now afternoon's contest with a record of 4-2-2, two, two, 10 points, tied for second in the division. The Bandits with a record of 3-4-1, seven points, sitting fourth out of the six squads. Dart chips that up and over the blue line, giving chase was Tilly and Reynolds. Able to withstand that first poke, not the second. Fed ahead. And Dedichenko gives chase. Can't catch up with it. Ice Dragons say left side didn't work. Let's try the right. Same result as the Bandits are strong in the puck in their own zone. Let. That's a pass to nobody, and the Bandits will definitely take it as it moves the puck from... Their defensive zone to offensive zone. Hoffman, backhand saucer pass ahead. And Dedichenko swept away by McIntyre on the defense. Reynolds has let ahead of him and a great job by Dar to make sure that pass doesn't get through. Otherwise, let is off to a one-on-one -on -one with just Mark Jagerson between he and an opportunity at McClure. And as this game presses on, every moment, every play gets bigger and bigger. You've got to imagine that at this point, it's unlikely that the next team to get scored on is going to pick up a victory. And as the clock continues to dwindle, it's less likely that the next team to get scored on can even manage a point in this one as we could very easily see a game that ends up one nothing or even nothing nothing at this point Jagerson looking to center 
And it gets broken up. Lett does a nice job of coming back and touching up. Tries to feed it over for Reynolds, and it just hops his stick. Back in the defensive zone, McIntyre giving chase is Nathan Christensen. Fighting to advance it. And upended there was Jackson Foreman. The Bandits need to touch up and do. Reynolds on the forecheck. It causes a turnover. Let and Let nearly had his pocket picked from behind. Nice job getting back into the play. Joseph Kleckler. Let gives a swipe at it. Can't catch up with it. Now Jagerson turns defenseman into forward as he gives chase. Malang just out of his reach. Kleckler will back him up over for Shelton. No. Doesn't get through as Nick Reynolds gets there in time. Malang with a nice touch-up as he wastes no time and effort making a clockwise curl right at the blue line. Hoffman waits. Helvey comes back and helps spring that free and ahead for Cody Clark. Clark will actually just feed that ahead to Helvey. Now Reynolds with it. Reynolds fires a shot off the mark. Up-ended there, and we've got a delayed penalty as now it's finally touched up by the Ice Dragons, saw the collision and didn't see the official's hand go up immediately. But Ryan Kelleher with the call, and it looks like the captain, Tyler Shelton, will head to the box, tripping with nine minutes and 10 seconds remaining in regulation. It'll be about nine minutes left when this puck is dropped and for the second straight time, Bandits with the man advantage and trying to take advantage here on the faceoff and the Ice Dragons get a big clearance and send it the length of the ice. And taking a look at the stat sheet, that is the first penalty, first two penalty minutes served by Tyler Shelton. So glad that I could be here in the Collins Community Credit Union booth to call it and quite frankly say we, what we've all been saying is that Tyler Shelton is the biggest goon in the CIDL. <laughs> Played behind the cage and Stouffer will leave it there. Bandits will take their time. Ahead for Helvey. Helvey, the pass doesn't connect, but he's got plenty of time as three Ice Dragons are back waiting. Helvey. Leaves a rebound as that kicked off of a player, and Rolf tried to fire it. Now held in at the point by Curtis. Thrown towards the net. Cody Clark with a shot and swatted away by McClure. He left a rebound there in the air and then used the backside of his paddle to swat it out out of midair. The Bandits need to touch up and do. And a great scoring opportunity there for Cody Clark. Boy, what a, an opportunity that would have been. He's looking for his first goal of the season. Couldn't have come at a bigger time. Centering pass, shorthanded, nobody there. As obviously the Ice Dragons, when they bring it into the offensive zone there, don't have time and with their captain in the box, not able to send many people out there. They do send two in the offensive zone and now the Bandits countering. Snapping a shot and it's in! From atop the circle and I believe Jake Rolf on the man advantage 
gives his squad the lead with six minutes and 58 seconds left to go in regulation. And the Bandits on top by a score of one to nothing. That was an absolute laser beam from the top of the circle there with only three seconds left on the power play. Bandits take advantage. Rolf with his second goal, third point on the year. And I don't know that there's been a bigger one for him yet, perhaps in his hockey career, as this is played deep. And what I loved about it was not only did it have a ton on it, but the, the location was perfect. It was a low shot, but it wasn't on the ice. It was in that spot where it's like right above your leg pad, right below your blocker. And that one, I don't know if it hit the post or not, but if it didn't, it came as close as you can without getting uh, HR called for some sort of harassment because that thing just found the inside. And then you could tell that, like I said, if it did hit the post, it must have just kissed it. But I think that found nothing but twine as you saw that net dance. And this one is thrown towards the net harmlessly, but hops over the stick of Jagerson. Good to see McClure in his Santa hat is on top of it. Sometimes after a goalie gives up a goal, especially late in the game, knowing that might be the difference, they get down on themselves there. He's astute and has it, but boy, these uh, two squads, the offense has, the offensive chances have come uh, early and often, but the, the goal is coming at a premium, and we'll see if that one ends up being the difference. This is played up and tipped ahead by the Bandits' Brandon Wiggins. He gives chase. And when you see Jagerson and Wiggins collide at center ice, it's like two sides of the mirror. They're right-handed, left-handed shot, and they've got the, the matching flow. I, I felt like we were about to open a, a, a time portal there for a moment. Falling down on the play as he tries to advance the game plan is Kevin Tilly. Now Nick Reynolds with Jagerson to get around. He's in clean on a breakaway, goes to the backhand, waits out his goaltender, and then hits the side of the post. What a fantastic patient play by Reynolds. He made McClure make the first move, then had him beat, but just ran out of real estate with 425 to play. He could have lifted that up on his backhand, got it over his leg pad. He might have had a shot at that. And another thing that he that he could have done, and this is obviously, you know, playing a Tuesday morning quarterback, but he also was almost far enough deep where he could have just tried to then bank it off the netminder and in, but McClure wins that battle, and it's a centering pass for Lett. Lett taps at it, and it just goes wide. But we're going to see how this game changes and develops. Right now, the Bandits obviously would love a goal, but they know that as long as they can keep that zero up on the home side of the scoreboard, they're going to come away with two points and a victory. So at this point, it really changes the dynamic of the game. This one will go all the way down the length of the ice for icing. And I, are we getting a call against Malang? It looks like that's the case. Looks like both of them are going. Oh, okay. Yep, that's indeed what is happening as Ryan Lett for the Bandits and Josh Malang for the Ice Dragons. And oh. in all honesty, at this point in the game, with... With Malang 
and Lett being out, that's probably a, a pretty fair trade, especially when you factor in that Malang's one of the leading scorers for the Ice Dragons. However, Lett is one of the defensive uh, responsibility, one of those players who, who can play both sides of the ice. So both of these teams are missing a big portion of their game. And the official stops action as we're five on five, but each team had just four skaters out there. So a couple of players will quickly hop over the benches. We'll keep an eye on that clock. Two minutes and 32 seconds when the puck is dropped. So what that means is that there's only going to be about 32 seconds and a whistle before Malang and Lett can come out. Taylor fires one. And it never gets through. Chipped ahead softly by Foreman, so there is no icing. Taylor wraps it around for Kleckler. Kleckler met at the blue line. They keep it in the zone. No, Scholler was unable to keep the zone. And as it's touched by Helvey, that will stop action. And with a minute 54 to go, we've still got a rolling clock. Scholler on the faceoff against Shelton, the Ice Dragons trying to reverse their fortunes as the last time these two teams met it was a close contest. This one rides up on Etnier's stick and he ends up making the stop that was needed. And But it's back into their end, sent over. And then a nice job there by Taylor. He had to be sure if he hit that one, he will send it wide, but did just that as this is into the offensive zone for the Bandits, and they will keep it there at least for the moment. No, it's swept out, and now an opportunity here for Hogan. Hogan will keep an eye on McClure with 67 seconds left in this one. I got to imagine he's going to be coming pretty soon to the bench. Hogan sends it to the top of the circle. They don't get it any deeper. Taylor, as it comes out of the zone, has to wait for his team to touch up. They do, and he will walk it into the zone. Stripped of it at the circle. The Bandits in their only other game against this squad were victorious on November 3rd, 2-1. This is shot on McClure. Glove save. And I believe we should have a stopped clock here, shouldn't we? No, we don't do stop clock okay. anymore at all. All right, then 30 seconds to go, and these teams trying one last push. McClure has to get, has to stay in his net because the draw's in the zone. Jagerson chips it up, perhaps an opportunity for the Ice Dragons in one last play. This will be played deep, and Jagerson unable to get to it because Scholler was there. The clock down to five seconds, long pass ahead. Hogan, with one last opportunity, fires the shot. It's kicked wide, and Stouffer with the shutout and the one nothing victory for the Bandits. It looks like that shot was going wide anyway, but you never want to uh, find out that you're assuming it was off target, and it wasn't, and Scott Stouffer comes up with one last play, and the Bandits are victorious by a score of one to nothing. These teams, we expected a good game. We expected a close game, and we expected a fun game. I think we were treated to even more than we could have bargained for. Talked about in the pregame how these two teams are being led by two of the best goaltenders uh, in their league, and they were both fantastic, not just in the saves that were made, 
But also, I felt like they did a fantastic job. But sometimes, as a goaltender myself, I've had games where I, I've I've played well, but there were certainly some pucks that I felt like I didn't uh, play as well as I could have, even though they didn't end up in the back of the net. Sometimes you leave up some some rebounds that you don't like, or you, you feel fortunate that someone either shot it wide or shot it in your chest. I don't know that either of those goaltenders could have played any better than they did. They were Johnny on the spot every time they were uh, called upon, and unfortunate that the Ice Dragons were not able to pull uh, McClure at the end and get uh, one last look to see if they could take advantage with the man advantage. And also a little bit uh, of a bad break for them that uh, Josh Malang finishes the game in the penalty box as he's certainly one of the guys that uh, Captain Tyler Shelton would have wanted on the ice there in the closing seconds. Yeah, shots on goal ended up 23 to the Bandits, 14 to the Ice Dragons. Maybe those extra eight or nine shots or so are the difference here in getting well, that one and in. Well, and taking a look at it, it looks like on the Ice Dragons, they haven't updated that third period. I'm wondering if there's just a glitch in the system right now. But uh, the lone goal, Jake Rolf on the power play, as we mentioned, three seconds to go in the penalty to Shelton, which proves once again, crime does not pay. Sean Curtis with the lone assist. It's the game winner. And with the victory... The Bandits um, improve on the year to 500, 4-4-1, four, four, and, and they're just a point behind the team they just defeated. The Ice Dragons with the loss fall to 4-3-2 on the season. Uh, Justin, want to thank you uh, so much for uh, doing color with me. Any final thoughts here uh, on this one as we uh, put a bow uh, on this broadcast? It was a fun game to watch, good battle between the goaltenders. Couldn't ask for much more. We want to again uh, thank the um, volunteers in the scorers box and um, running the penalty boxes that for early in the game didn't look like they were going to get much use out of the penalty boxes. Toward the end of the second and third period, uh, they certainly did uh, get some action. Also want to remind uh, everyone to tune in our next uh, Beer League radio broadcast coming up in a matter of moments uh, for uh, Justin Ostjen, for myself, Eric Zamora, and for everyone here, we thank you for tuning in. A fantastic game. And one last time, a final. Bandits won. Ice Dragons, nothing. You've been listening to CIDL Hockey on Beer League Radio. All audio equipment for Beer League Radio is made possible by AVS Concepts. Call Nate McCombs at 515-868-6119 for all your audio, video, and security needs. 